Welcome to News, Notes, and Rumors, and with me, as always, Samantha Button from NBC Sports. Samantha, how you doing today? Doing good. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing okay. Uh, barely hanging on, but doing okay. Uh, we want to remind everybody that we do have the free jobs book, uh, the free jobs course. It is free for veterans, uh, first responders, uh, police, fire, and uh, homeland security. Anybody that has either protected us or any of our allies, you can contact me at NNR on DSN or at Samantha Button, and we will get that in your hands as quickly as we can. Yeah, guys, let us know, and of course, pass that along to friends and members, colleagues who work with the organization that meets the criteria. We're happy to get that out as well. Absolutely. All right. Question. Uh, first of all, there will be no uh, show on Friday, and I am going to be missing my co-host uh, next week. So <laughs> I will try to try to do a show uh, in uh, a recap of the uh, draft, but uh, can't guarantee it. Uh, the question of the day is J.K. Uh, Tom Coughlin too old school to win in this year's game. I mean, what to say? You know, this conversation actually really goes all the way back to the end of his tenure with the Giants. Yep. I think I don't know if we ever phrased it quite that way, but I think you and I kind of talked about that a little bit about you know, these NFL changes so fast, and especially in this era, we've had pretty rapid sort of changes to the core of the game. And Tom Coughlin definitely a guy from another era. And I know this came up sort of in connection with the the fact that people were complaining that Giants players all get hurt in training game um, because of the way that he was kind of running the show there. Very, very different than the sort of cautious way that, that we approach these things. Now we're more cautious, I guess I should say. But um, it, it's bigger than that. That was just kind of how this discussion got started way back when. And, you know, I think that it's certainly possible to evolve. And I don't care how old you are or when you started, it's very possible to kind of evolve your perspective as game evolves. And we've seen plenty of other people doing that. And, you know, I think even at like a guy like Bruce Arians, if you want to look at a coach who's obviously an, an older guy, is Bill Kalachek, of course, you know, who just kind of been able to adapt. And, but it is adapt or die in the NFL. And Coughlin just seems like a guy who is stubbornly resistant to change. So I don't know that it necessarily precludes him from winning, but it does mean that I think you are at a disadvantage when you're going up against teams that are kind of at the forefront with younger GMs or at least more forward-thinking GMs. It potentially puts Jacksonville kind of behind the eight ball in that they're looking at somebody whose team-building approach is really not quite in sync with what is going on at the forefront of the NFL. Is he the reason that we have seen so many escapes out of Jacksonville? No, because mostly that's been cap-related. Um, I, I don't think we're seeing most of the people who left there either were free agents who they wouldn't want to keep, or people they had to get rid of for cap reasons. So I don't think it's an organization that people are running from, particularly. We haven't seen much evidence of that. And Leonard Fournette is 
a little bit uppity, but he can't go anywhere. And he's got his own issues. So, no, I don't think so. And, and also, I would urge everybody to keep in mind that Tom Coughlin did not draft Blake Ford. So, you know, the <laughs> biggest problem there was actually not on him. <laughs> All right. Uh, the laugh of the day. Uh, Dallas needs a, uh, a safety, but they don't pick until number 58. You know, I actually think this is okay um, because the safeties and the staffs are, you know, if you look at kind of where the talent school lands, the safeties are, if we look at them in tiers and we say, okay, these are first-tier players of this position group, these are second-tier players of this position group, there's really not a lot of safeties in that first tier, which means there's probably not going to be a lot of them off the board. Now, obviously, if there's a run, this all changes, but if I'm Dallas, I'm not necessarily feeling like I'm in the worst position. If you've got, like, say, I, I think... That guy told me there's maybe eight safeties in the second tier. So I think they're actually okay unless somebody panics before then and there's a run, which is always a possibility in any position, but then you might have a problem. Absolutely. And the problem would really hurt that, that defense because that defense was not good last last year. Yeah, I mean, they, they have some, some good and some bad pieces, and they obviously need some help. And one of the places where they really do need help is safety. But I would actually argue that I think they are well positioned for that because of the way the talent is stretching back. Now, whether or not they can actually pick the correct safety, or if there even is a correct safety among this group who is NFL starter ready, that's a whole another Shaquan Barkley says that he thinks he can become the best running back ever. He will never reach that level. Well, what's he supposed to say? Why do you think that? <laughs> I mean, what's he supposed to say? Like, I'm angling to become the 10th best running back. Of right, all time. yep. Like, right. Of course he's Absolutely. Say that. And maybe he will. We don't know that. He's pretty darn good. <laughs> all right. And uh, in the 1996 draft, the Giants did not do their homework on uh, defensive end Cedric Jones. He was blind in one eye. Hey, well, the Giants certainly have had a number of drafts where they did not do their homework. So, it <laughs> 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 way back. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. A- NFL news. Uh, Atlanta. Uh, the uh, ru- uh, Rashid Hangman has been suspended for two games after signing a one-year deal. What did he get suspended for? I didn't hear about that. PEDs. Oh, only two games? Yep. Oh, I guess he said he, oh, I guess he doesn't appeal that. That's weird. Sorry. That's, yeah. his, that's his first violation. Yeah, isn't it usually four for your first? I mean, well, for your first, we don't even find out about it. And then your second is four. So I guess he appealed it down to two. That's weird. I don't know. All right. Uh, they also signed uh, uh, Chris Odom to a two-year extension through 2020. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, the, uh, Calif- uh, the Los Angeles Chargers signed wide receiver Travis Benjamin to a one-year extension. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, it's not particularly player who I think you want to make a heavy commitment to. You all remember Travis Benjamin, right? He, he's like brown. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, I think this is fine. Um, 
probably not really part of the future of your organization, but it's somebody in the same office here, so that's fine. Absolutely. Miami's extended the deal of uh, Laramie Tunsil. One-year yeah, extension. That, that makes sense to me. I mean, he is, there's enough massive rebuild there. And by the way, cats off to Miami for being like the one team that has pretty much actually acknowledged that they need to rebuild doing it. It only took them 15 years to figure it out. But uh, hey, we finally got there. So, and, and it's good, I think, um, you know, Tunsil says it's going to be like, I think I would young enough and talented enough that I would want to kind of send him at least to the people future. All right. Uh, the topic for today are the Kansas City Chiefs and the GM is uh, Brett Veach. Uh, can he keep Andy Reid out of the draft room? Yeah, let's hope so. Although, I, I think such a big piece of the problem for them is that the Chiefs organization has basically allowed Andy Reid's permission. And I don't know that that's not true to GM. I mean, look what happened with John Dorsey. You know, who got fired yep. there. It wasn't Andy Reid. It was John Dorsey, even though we know that a lot of the decision-making that led to a need a firing, let's say, belonged to Reid. So, I mean, good luck to Brett Beach. I, I doubt he has any more control over this than John Dorsey did. So, it's uh, not great. Not no, great. not great at all. <laughs> not at all. All right. Uh, the head coach is Andy Reid. Is he devoted to picks on the defensive side? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he I mean, hasn't I, been so it'll far. Be very, uh, it'll be interesting to see if we get, like, the potent defensive pick. Like, if somebody has gotten an Andy here, it's been like, you know, Andy, like, everybody thinks you're kind of down. And people are kind of upset because they think you don't, know anything about defense, which is where people scoff at, and then hopefully maybe they would that might be the thing. I don't know. Breaking a defensive player, although I have to say, do you have any confidence in Andrew's ability to select a defensive player? I don't. <laughs> no, I don't have any confidence in that at all. Uh, the uh, OC is uh, Eric Bellamy, and the question is, can the O continue to produce 50 touchdowns a year? I mean, I think I, I want to get away from using the benchmark of 50 because that was exceptional what they did last year. And I don't necessarily think that it would be a failure if it was slightly less. So I think if we just look at it as, you know, can the offense continue to produce under Eric Bianney? I, I think they have a pretty Although, you know, they have some personnel issues, obviously we running back situation, and, and this is all thanks to basically taking guys who can't stay out of trouble off the yeah, field, right. and you're looking possibly at a suspension for fire to kill, and you've lost three months for this reason, and the both of those position groups, you know, they, they suffered a lot at running back. They weren't completely destroyed by it, but it was a big step back, and certainly I think that they still were to be suspended for a significant number of games. That would be a, a huge huge flow to that offense. So for Eric, the enemy to say, yes, of course, I think he's capable of creating that kind of offensive 
productivity, but you know, if they're decision making in terms of not paying enough attention to people's abilities at trouble back on them, well then there's only so much he can do if he's, you know, not if most of his best players are not available to him in that way. That's for sure, no question. And uh, the DC is uh, Steve Spagnola, and can he do anything about the bar terrible, terrible defense that they had last year? Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing too. Like you almost just add Steve Spagnola because, like, what's he supposed to do, right? Like they won't draft any defensive help. They traded away or allowed to leave the free agency the best player on the defense, and. and you know, your hands are tied. There's, there's only so much you can do to scheme with a very, very substandard group of players. And that was a player's fault either. This is management decisions that a DC wouldn't really have a vote in, especially with DC under something like Shady Creek. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think he is a bad defensive coordinator, but I, I don't know what he could do when he's got like one hand tied on Maybe two hands. The situation. I think he has two hands tied behind his back. Uh, maybe both feet as well. I think like so, yes. <laughs> I think so. No question about that. Uh, Andy Reid was always an offensive type of coach. He hasn't gotten any better uh, since moving to Kansas City. Well, right. And his problem is, the problem isn't that he is an offensive guy or that he personally is more involved with the offenses. Every coach is either from an offensive or a defensive background. His problem is, is that he's refusing to allow the people who do make the decisions on the other side of the ball to make any decisions. So, <laughs> I wouldn't take that. You could say that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, uh, the starting quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. And can he get close to the 50 touchdowns that he threw last year? You know, I think that depends almost entirely on what happens with Tyreek Hill. And it, I'm starting to think, oh, the longer this goes on, and we, we haven't heard anything about it, but maybe they're not going to do anything about this. I don't know what the status of that is. I have not been following it closely in the last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, if Hill is available to him, then, yeah, I, I think they will have, close, let's say, close to a similar amount of productivity. Now, this is his second year in the league, and the second year in the league is when you tend to take a few steps back because it's when other teams have established a book on you and kind of figured out how to deal with you. But this is a very good quarterback. I, I think he will probably be able to adjust into that, but if he is down a weapon, down his best weapon, or even, a, wouldn't be the full season, but even, let's say, a significant chunk of the season, four games, six games, what have you, that that's really going to change what he's going to be able to do, and it will be interesting to see, and we've not had the opportunity to see this with him, if he can kind of find a way to work around that. Is he going to have to run more? I hope not. <laughs> Although the, the ground game there is concerning to me. So I, I wonder, you know, especially with the state of that offensive line, if that will kind of force him into a situation where he has to do that. I certainly hope not, but I, I definitely think it's a possibility. <laughs> All right, the uh, backup quarterback is Chad Henney uh, from Jacksonville. Uh, the question is, can he fill in if uh, Mahomes gets hurt? I mean, Chad Henney is not like the worst 
backup out there. There, there are people who are far worse. Oh, there are. Them, yes. There's, there's a lot of them. Um, so, you know, it's not the, the worst situation to be in if what you're looking at is okay. It's Mahal's who's so far not look like he's a guy who's going to be into his phone, but anyone should get hurt. So if Mahal were to say sometime because of concussion protocol or what have you, then it's probably okay. But because we're not really talking about a team where it's like, oh, there are all these tremendously talented pieces working together, and if you lost your quarterback, somebody else would step up. It's not really engineered that way. It's very much driven by quarterback play. So if he were to miss at home a significant amount of time, then Sean Henney, really any backup, I often, I, I guess I would go so far as to say many starters in the NFL would not be able to make up for that. So that's where I think potentially you have a problem with that because they are so dependent on Mahomes being just head and shoulders above the competition. But if we're talking about something minor, can he fill in for a few and not give up? The question is, is he going to be a runner? I don't believe so. No, no. <laughs> I hope we have seen him not. run, and it is not pretty. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> so not. Absolutely, the uh, number one running back is uh, Damian Williams. Uh, the number two running back is Carlos Hyde. And can the running game get going again like uh, it did under Hunt? Yeah, and look, I don't think this is going to be a, like, bad run team, but it's, we saw it already, you know, it's like you shut down. It's been months, so whatever else is wrong with him, as much as I wouldn't want the guy on my team, you can, well, unfortunately, I have the guy on my team now. Thanks, Brown. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, He's not an easy guy to replace. So there was, I think, the logically, of course, there was going to be a step back. So the question is, can these guys step up enough to kind of keep defenses honest and keep them from, you know, 100 or let's say 80 to 90% focusing on pursuing home at the past game? I don't know. They're, again, not terrible, but isn't it enough? I'm not sure that it is. I don't think it is, and I think that they're really going to be hurt by not having the uh, Hunt offense there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very real possibility. <laughs> All right, the fullback is uh, Sherman Anthony, uh, Anthony Sherman, and can he get the running game going with his blocking? Well, I don't see them using the fullback a lot, so i probably not. Um, they, they may be forced into it because of changes to the primary back role and the way they have to kind of select the offense a little bit in general, but because so few teams really incorporate their fullback on a regular basis here, then mm, I don't know. I'm not sure it really matters. I, I totally agree with you there. I don't think they're going to have any running game at all, and I think it is all going to be on the arm of uh, Mahomes, and good luck with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the starting wide receiver is Tariq Hill, uh, and the backup is uh, Demarcus Jamison, or uh, Robinson, and the question is how many Hill 
how many games will Bad Boy Hill play? Oh, right. I mean, this is completely dependent on what happens with the suspension, which we don't know. We don't know if there's going to be a suspension. We don't know how many games it will be if there is. So it's sort of, I guess, tough to, to evaluate that in any way at this point. And I, I think there, I mean, I certainly would say that I think they're going to be in a lot of trouble if he is suspended for a significant number of games. But we have no idea what that's going to be. We should know. Because this is the problem with this entire policy, right? It's inconsistent. Sometimes people get the book thrown at them, and sometimes it's, we're all sticking our heads in the sand and pretending it's going to happen. So we have no idea what they're going to do with him here. And that probably changes the entire fate of Chief Stevens. It absolutely will. And let's face it, Sammy Watkins was a nice addition at uh, uh, wide receiver two. But he is not going to be able to fill in uh, for uh, Tariq. Well, yeah, I mean, Watkins has never been able to stay on the field. He drops a lot of passes. He's sort of a guy who, okay, you know, if you have somebody else who's your go-to guy and he's just somebody who you have in the table who could be a contributor at times, then he's fine. But he's... And, you know, several teams have already learned this the hard way. He's been definitely a severely overdrafted player who looked like he was going to be a number one receiver and has never looked up to that point. Absolutely. The tight end is uh, uh, Travis Kelch, and the the uh, backup is uh, Alex Ellis. Can Kelch produce any help to help the offense? Oh, yeah, Travis Kelsey's amazing. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. He might be the best tight end in the league now that Kronkowski is retired. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of your, your out card. Um, if you're Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, if you do, in fact, lose Tyreek Hill for a significant period of time, obviously the reason that both Kelsey and Hill were able to do as well as they were is because the other one was there, drawing attention away, right? You had to pay attention to both. So certainly that's going to hurt Kelsey's production if Hill was out for a significant amount of time. But it will also make this a lot less painful because he is so exceptional. Absolutely. And he can really catch the ball. Uh, the high ball, any kind of ball that uh, is thrown to him, he can catch. Mm-hmm. All right. The offensive line, when most of your offensive line are rejects from the Browns, you have very little pass protection. Yeah, so this is weird, right? I mean, because the Browns <laughs> have a lot of Chiefs rejects, and the Chiefs have a lot of Browns rejects, and it makes sense going the other direction because Dorsey went to Cleveland, so you can see why they end up with kind of cast off from the Chiefs. But what the Chiefs were thinking, and we're not talking about people who came off the Browns offensive line like last year. Right. We're talking about people from the Browns offensive line when we were in like the darkest, bleakest phase of Browns. You know, Cam Irving, Mitchell Schwartz. I mean, this is just, there's another one too. Was it Ragland? I think there's three yep. of them, right? There's three of them. Like, it's, this is a trash heap of an offensive line. And it's, the Browns didn't want them. When the Browns were at their absolute very worst, Hi. Hi. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's face it, uh, Kansas City has never paid any attention to their offensive line. The fact that uh, Mahomes can run is really going to be valuable this year. Yeah, 
I mean, and this line, I, I think they kind of overperformed a little bit last year, which is a weird thing to say because they weren't particularly good. But they played better than they are, and I think that's going to be something that kind of comes back down to earth a little bit, too. So if we can say, okay, they were bad, but they should have been worse, like, it was bad enough already, right? Now it's about to get worse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, the left tackle is Eric Fisher. Uh, the uh, backup is Cam Irving from Cleveland. Yeah, um, yeah, not particularly great either. Cam Irving, also, what is he doing at left tackle? I mean, this poor guy has been all over the place. He was center at one point, he was guard, he was a tackle. I know. Like, uh, it's a mess. This is an absolute mess. Like, I, I feel bad for the guy. It's really not his fault. I mean, how are you supposed to learn how to be on an NFL offensive line if the Browns and then the Chiefs also had you playing four different positions? Like, poor dude. <laughs> Absolutely. And that is a problem with the coaching staff not being able to uh, locate a particular player in the right spot. That is a 15-yard penalty on this coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, it's, you really feel for this guy because he's, he went from one team that was doing that to another team. Right. Doing yep. that. And this is just like, I mean, I, I feel sorry for him because people just hate him and think he's terrible. And it's like, I don't know that I think at the core that he's really that bad. It's just that he has been victimized by these teams. who are like, I don't know. Let's try you here. I don't know. Let's right. try you here. And <laughs> never works. No, it does not. <laughs> the uh, left guard is Cam Irving uh, from Cleveland. Uh, the uh, uh, backup is uh, Reggie Cahill. Yeah, and again, I mean, you know, here we have Cam Irving left guard. Right, which is like, makes more sense than left tackle, which, okay, fine, that's where they're starting him. I would also point out that your starting left guard should not be your backup left tackle. That's a problem, too. And, I mean, goodness help them if he has to slide over there. But, again, you know, you're, you're asking this guy to do a job that he's never had a chance to learn and acting like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And, I mean, what have we talked about in the past? That even though the tackle is certainly the more important component and I would argue probably the more talented player, it's Team-wise, it's a lot harder to disguise a bad guard than a bad tackle. And Cam Irving, I, mm, oh, I, I feel sorry for him, but I just, I, I can't. This is bad, very bad. <laughs> well, and the center is uh, uh, Austin uh, Record. Uh, the backup is uh, Tejan uh, Karman. And let's face it, Record was cut. By the Browns. Yeah, and not in that we have an amazing center, so we don't no! play. <laughs> this was not a roster casualty. This was a you were terrible casualty. So I, I actually never expected to see that guy again. It's certainly not in a starting role, and here we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the right guard is uh, uh, Dorme. Uh, Lawrence, and the right tackle is Cameron or My, uh, My, uh, Michael Shorts. Yeah, so Mitchell Schwartz is—he's an interesting guy. He seems to have this very bizarrely loyal fan base of people who just absolutely insist that he is good and that he was misused in Cleveland, and that now that he's in Kansas City, everybody will understand just how good Mitchell Schwartz. And yet Mitchell Schwartz looks like the exact same player. He's a turnstile. 
he's a turnstile. He's terrible. And let, let's face it, he has always been a turnstile. He was a turnstile oh, yeah. in Cleveland. Oh, yeah, he was. I called him a turnstile on Twitter in Cleveland, and he had blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> because I guess he didn't like that very much. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, uh, the defense is starting off now. Left end, uh, Alex Okafor. Uh, the backup is Emmanuel Ogba. And can either of these guys stop the outside run? They haven't been able to uh, stop any run up to now. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, Okafor, you know, New Orleans obviously was mm, no moving on. Ogba, Cleveland did the same thing with him. I don't hate Ogba, but again, ha-ha, here's the Browns reject again um, showing up on the sheet. <laughs> But, you know, I just don't see either of these guys of being even an average run stopper. So, and considering the other problems you have on our defense, it's absolutely pretty critical spot on the field to be at least acceptable, and they're not. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, the nose tackle is Chris Jones. Uh, the backup is uh, Xavier uh, Alex uh, Williams. And can either of these groups groups get pressure on the quarterback? Yeah, I'm sure every once in a while somebody's going to sneak through there <laughs> against a particularly bad offensive line, but generally speaking, I'm going to go with no. Um, no. <laughs> I totally agree with you there. All right. Uh, Namad, uh, Derek is the, uh, the uh, defensive tackle. He is backed up by uh, Joey uh, Ivy, and the question is, can either of these guys do anything to stop the run? Yeah, again, I mean, Naughty is, I don't know anything about Ivy at all, but Naughty certainly not somebody who I think is a particularly good run stopper, and especially because if we look back to Kansas City sort of at the beginning of the Andy Reid era, when the defense was there because he inherited it, not because he was in any way responsible for decisions surrounding it. And they actually had a really good group up here. And then he slowly kind of allowed them all to trickle away because he ran up the salary cap on a bunch of offensive players he didn't need, and then he couldn't pay them. And then these are the types of people that you're left with. These guys were like, mm, you might be okay as like a third-tier backup, but the run-stopper? No. <laughs> and let's face it. He has been run over so many times that, and I've seen him on the ground getting absolutely run down by the uh, defense or by the offense. I've seen him get run over by a wide receiver. <laughs> that, that has to be really embarrassing. I mean, how you can't be worse than that. It should be technically <laughs> impossible. <laughs> All right. Uh, the uh, defensive end is uh, Speaks Breedland, and uh, the backup is Henry uh, Marjo. Uh, the, can either of these guys do anything to produce a pass rush? Uh, they don't look like it to me. No, I don't understand this at all, because this is like, okay, like, you know, like, 
Britney would speak is probably like looking at Andy Reid like, wait, I'm a pass rusher? Like, what? What? That's not what I do. Like, <laughs> these aren't even like people who don't really do their job all that well. They're really not even, it's not even how they profile. So, what? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and let's face it, the entire defense is a mess. Uh, particularly the uh, defensive front seven, and let's face it, they're not going to get any better this year. No, they're not. And again, come back to a couple of years ago before Andy Reid had a chance to kind of get the whole right. thing. Right, yep. This is a really good front seven. This was the strength of that defense. At that point, we would have said, well, the rest of their defense has problems, but, you know, front seven's really good. And look at it now. It's like there's not really a single truly viable starter in this no, group. Not no, not at one. all. Not at all. All right. Uh, the uh, strong side linebacker is uh, Jeremy Achu. Uh, the backup is Dorian McDaniel. And Achu is uh, really failed with the Jets. Can he succeed now? No, I mean, he was terrible with the Jets, right? And it's not like we expect them to be like the top end of turning people into the best, whatever that they can be. But he's now in a worse situation. Like, you think it was bad with the Jets and sort of, you know, self-actualizing your potential? If you're a defensive player in your Kansas City, you're now in an infinitely worse situation. So I don't think it's going to get better. <laughs> I don't think it is either. All right. Uh, the middle linebacker is uh, Reggie, Ma uh, Reggie Raglan, and the backup is uh, Terrence Smith. Getting Smith to back up Reg, uh, Reglan is really a good move. Yeah, this is like one of the few smart things they did defensively, <laughs> um, and it was backup, so make of that what you will. Like, I mean, Reglan is, again, we're talking about another Browns reject at one point. I mean, he's not horrible. I mean, by not horrible, I mean he's not the worst person on this defense. There's so many good candidates for that, but he's not great. But bringing in Terrence Smith, I think that was... A good move. It's one of the few things that we saw them do for the defense where we went, okay, well, that might work. Okay. Which is so sad. <laughs> Absolutely it is. No question about that. Uh, the uh, weak side linebacker is uh, Anthony Hitchens uh, out of uh, Dallas. Uh, the um, backup is also out of Dallas, uh, Damian Wilson. Can either of these guys stop the run? Because nobody else can. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate Hitchens. Again, this is also falls under the category of, like, not the worst thing that they did. He wasn't awful in Dallas. But, you know, we, we saw Hitchens in that Dallas defense. So much of his ineffectiveness, I pinned on Rod Marinelli. It was like, okay, Rod Marinelli doesn't understand how to use this guy. Rod Marinelli doesn't understand how to get max value at this person. Well, do you think that the Chiefs are going to get max value out of anyone on the defensive side of the ball? So again, like I don't think this is going to help. He's clearly not a guy who can just try to make it happen on his own. I thought he was somebody who could be coached up, but there is no coaching up in Kansas City on the defensive side of the ball. So, no. <laughs> so I guess to come back around and answer your question, no, I don't think they can stop the run. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you there, and the problem is that the front, uh, the back seven is going to have to do a lot of tackling if the front seven can't manage it. Well, right. I mean, I think you're going to have a problem where you're almost forced 
to be consistently bringing safeties up into the box, which means that's really not going to help you considering the state of the safety position there. But at the same time, it will, it will force you to use more people than you should to accomplish something that really, and anytime you do that, you know, you're leaving yourself vulnerable in other ways and you're not doing it in a conscious way and saying, okay, I'm looking at the way that this offense is stacking up on this particular play or what this offensive strength is. And I know that it would be smarter for me to bring a whole bunch of guys up to the line. No, you're doing it because you don't have a choice because this group is a train wreck. So what happens then? I mean, if, if, even with the extra manpower, you can kind of contain things up toward where the line of scrimmage is. What do you think is going to happen downfield? Everybody's just going to go, well, okay, I'll throw it over your head. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. The cornerback, uh, starting cornerback, uh, cornerback one is Brashad Breland. Uh, uh, Keith Richards uh, is the uh, riser, is the backup. Basically, Breland is okay, but no, re no way that riser is ready to start. Yeah, I, I think you're going to have some depth problems here. And, and with regard to Rizzo, that's where I would bring that in. I don't love Freeland. I mean, he's not terrible. But he's, I mean, again, he came from Green Bay, right? Because that was yep. such a good secondary. It right. Was not. Uh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, he's not awful. I mean, if we look at it, this is a really bad defense, and he is so far from the worst person on it. So, yeah, you know, I, I think he will, at times, be able to hold his own. But he's not your guy. And that would be okay if there was somebody who was your guy. But there is no guy. You're, you set up defense to say, Sharp Breland is my guy. And no, he's no one's guy. No. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Chavez Ward is the backup, uh, the uh, starter number two, and uh, Tevin Smith is backing him up. Yeah, which, again, I mean, this is not the biggest problem that you have on your defense, but it doesn't mean it's not a problem. So, I, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> very, very bad. Overall, is there any way that this defense can produce? I don't think so. I mean, sort of some kind of miracle in the draft, which, let's face it, the odds on that are beyond terrible. Um, considering who's doing the drafting right. here. I mean, it's, it's the kind of draft where if Andy Reid had, like, you know, three cents to rub together in terms of, oh, gosh, I should consult somebody. I don't know what I'm doing with the defense. This is the kind of draft where you can pull the sense of talent of that caliber. But we all know Andy Reid's not going to. That's not how he's going to go. I mean, look at the off-season decision-making that's already happened, right? You have let go. And I, I understand that the Chiefs would tell us that this was salary capture. You know, we couldn't pay them, but you gotta pay somebody. You have to pay someone on your defense, or they will not be good. And so you let Barry go, let D Ford go, let Justin Houston go, and all that says to me is so basically you have let go of the only people on that defense who were productive a yep. year ago. So not only have you not improved the defense that needed to be improved, you've actually created you've made it worse. Right. Under the guise of, well, it's not our fault. You know, we couldn't pay him. But you have to pay somebody. That's how this works. They don't play for free. I know Andy Reid thinks that you just pay offensive players and the defense just kind of manifests or something. But, like, come on, man. Come on. 
Is Andy Reid the worst head coach in the league? I, you know, he's got some competition. Um, <laughs> um, he's definitely got competition for it. But the reason I would argue that I think he is the worst, it's not because technically he is the worst coach out there. I think there are a number of people who would fight him for that honor. But I would consider him the overall worst because he is bad, and you combine that with the fact that he has so much power, then that makes him the worst because he can do more damage than, say, a Ron Rivera or some of these younger guys who are just not standing out. And there's a lot of bad coaching in the NFL, but there isn't anybody else who is this bad who has that much power. So, yeah, he's the guy who is in line to do the most damage to his own team because of that. So I guess, yeah, I mean, if we look at it that way, then he is the worst coach in the NFL. <laughs> we have met the enemy and they is us. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if you stack them up against, like, say, Marvin Lewis, or Marvin Lewis because his duties... <laughs> Marvin, even Marvin wasn't as bad. Like, Marvin might be technically just as bad of a coach as Andy Reid in terms of the decisions he made on the field, but, like, he didn't have as much power as Andy Reid to screw up the roster on top of it. And unfortunately for everyone, once Hugh Jackson was out of the mix, then that left Andy Reid standing there all exposed because there was nothing worse than Hugh Jackson, but, you know, we no longer have him to beat on. Thank goodness. So, yeah, that leaves Andy. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for us. You have a great week, and we will be back uh, as soon as we can. For Samantha and yours truly, Bill Smith, thank you very much for listening. You guys have a wonderful week. Bye now.